screen, everybody. Before we get into the actual episode, we got a quick interview with Oregon football defensive end, Bladen Swinson. Enjoy. Yo, what's good, Bladen? How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing good. I bet. Welcome to the Quackcast, man. This is our uh, second interview with an athlete so far. I'm here with my co-host, Eddie. Yo, what's up? And, uh, yeah, before we get started, Bladen, I just want to say thank you, man. You've been supporting my account for fucking really long time, always commenting, reposting my stuff. just want to say thank you, and I appreciate you. Of course, of course, man. And, um, yeah, let's get started in this interview. Eddie, you want to say something? Um, oh, yeah. Um, and, of course, if you don't feel like answering any questions, uh, don't feel don't feel weird about it. Just say next question, and we'll move on. <laughs> All right, I got you. Are right, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. I bet. First question up: Why did you pick the Oregon University? So um, this this answer been varied a lot since I've been being here. You know, through all the coaching changes and everything, I really got a got a real good look at why I chose Oregon. Uh, when I was a recruit, I would say the coaching staff, but then now that I got here, I I would say like it's just it makes up of the people that's around, like the people that makes Oregon, like. It's not only the coaching staff that makes it, it's just like the players and like all the people that you meet. And it's just like being around everybody. It's like they just bring you into a family. It's just like one big family. So it's like it's it's a place that you that you wouldn't want to be at. So it was just a no brainer for me. And I feel like they would develop me to my best potential. Cause I mean it's Oregon. So top yeah. top premier school. Facts, facts. I was also gonna ask you, coming from uh Georgia. How was the transition from Georgia to Eugene? I know that's a really big difference. So, you know, I'll say the weather. So, you know, in Georgia, you know, it's hot, humid. It's just, you know, you go out there, you're going to die if when it's like 60 degrees, 70 degrees outside. But, you know, when you come here, you know, you go outside, the 60 degree weather with no humidity feels great to me. So it's like, man, the, the weather here is great. You know, but the transition for me is just probably just like being farther away from my family and everything, just not – not being able just having to like do most things. Yo, you cut out. <laughs> you getting that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll say like, I'll say like from being there from um from coming all the way out there at age seventeen, just having to do stuff on my own, you had to grow up quick. So it was just like just learning how to do certain things on my own. And also just learning how to play football at a high level and just keeping everything under control at a young age. So I just feel like that was the biggest challenge for me. Yeah, facts. How was your how was your official visit? Did you did you take an official visit? Yeah, I took an official visit to the uh, Montana game in twenty nineteen. Yeah, how was that? How like what were your first impressions on the uh, game? so I ain't never seen a facility that looked like Oregon anywhere that I went. So I went to like North Carolina, Florida State, but then like you go to Oregon, like it just looked completely different. You know, I haven't, I didn't know a single thing about Oregon like before. Yeah. Before they offered me, you know, I'm from in the South. I'm, th- I'm not, I'm not thinking Oregon would ever come find me or anything like that. So then yeah. when I got out here, I'm like, man, this stuff is like, why wouldn't anybody want to come after seeing this? So I, I was hosted by uh, Gus and uh, Dallas Womack. I also had Brandon Dorless as my host one time. So uh, me and Brandon, that's why me and Brandon have a good relationship now. So it's like me and Doorless, you know, he was my host. So, you know, he looked after me when I was a recruit. So now we're on the same team. So it's like, that's sick. it's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. 
Eddie, I think you had a question. Oh yeah. Um, this question coming in from uh, Sir Mel's Oregon signee. Um, he just wants to know: Do you have any advice for the incoming freshmen this year? I'll say come in open-minded and uh, willing to take culture. But uh, for this situation, you know, not having your coaches that that recruited you and everything coming in, I would say that coming in with a new staff that not not that any of us, because you know, none of us, we we all just met them, so we all just need to. For incoming freshmen, I feel like you just need to come in with a um, with a hardworking mentality, like. Anything you got to do, you got to get it done. Um, you can't play around. You got to just be able to work. Uh, make sure you're training at home. Make sure you're getting, like, extra work. Just does, just don't get comfortable and just sit there and do nothing because time not going to wait on anybody. So you just got to keep working, really. Yeah, to go on with what you just said, how do you feel about that new coaching staff? I know it's definitely going to be – it's a whole new coaching staff except with Don Johnson, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole new coaching staff. And – uh. I'm excited about the new coaching staff. We uh we all talk to we all talk to our coaching staff and everything, and uh it's a it's a it's a fired up coaching staff that we have, and uh, I'm pretty excited to see what we can do once we get once we get on and rolling. But uh yeah about the about the new coaching staff, Coach Landon. You know I'm excited about him. We got a top top tier defense as you can clearly see. He had a Georgia. He still has. He got a champ. He in that championship game. He gonna close that out and then bring that on home over here. So we can start our national championship run. So I'm I'm excited for him. So uh, now I'm just excited to see what we can do next year with all these new co- with all the new great coaches that we got. Yeah, that's facts. Um, hey. yeah, this one is not uh wait let me check yeah this one is not football related at all. Uh, a little bit off topic, but um interesting question. What is your favorite uh grub spot in Eugene? Grub spot in Eugene. Ooh. Uh, so look. This is place called Kazam. This place called Kazam got the best burger. Oh my goodness! Like the I burger. Never. Like, yeah, go to yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, go to Kazam. And uh, I gotta ask. I gotta ask Dante. Uh, he's my roommate, so Dante man, my roommate. He's here right now. But I gotta ask him what's the name of the burger. He told me about it. Never since then, that is the only burger I'll eat out here. I was like, Kazam. I'm telling you. Huh. I love. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ed, you got another question or are you chilling? Uh, no, I'm good for now. All right. Um, this is a little rewind to the season. But um, back to the Ohio State game. No cave on Thibodeau. Um, <laughs> you went out there with five tackles and a sack. Tell me a little, bit that, a little bit about that. How was that? So, you know, every time I tell stories about this game, like I just tell everybody, it's just like that whole – like prep coming up to that game just felt like a movie because like it just felt so unreal. Cause like unreal. my first start, like it was my first start was against Ohio State. So it's like we coming in there, we not like we coming through. KT has been like everybody knew that KT hurt his ankle and everything. So we're all just looking. But like we're as we practicing, he's working on it. So we I didn't get like a final word that I was starting until like until like actual game time. So it was like, oh man, like right before the game they said, Okay, yeah, Brady, we gotta go. Let's go. So, but you know, coming in, I was I wasn't worried or anything because like the whole summertime, I've been the whole summer, like when I was training, I always talked about, oh yeah, Ohio State, Ohio State, like that's gonna be the big game. That's what we're training for. Like, we can't let anything catch us by surprise or anything. But uh, coming into that game, that was like, that was the the loudest stadium. Like that's the loudest noise that I'll probably yeah, ever it's hear. wild. The loudest noise I will ever hear. It's like when they scored, like the like that it just erupted. Like 
you couldn't hear anything. Yeah. But uh, it's, that, it was, it's double Austin. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but like the funny, the greatest part about that game is when I like when I got that sack and club in like the last little drive, like the whole crowd just went silent, and like that crowd was just talking the whole game. And like if you watch, if you like see the sack, you didn't see me like just start standing there after the sack. That's why I didn't celebrate. And I just stood there because like the whole crowd just went quiet, and then they were just looking. And then Verone went out there and sealed it with a pick, and then it was just over with from then. <laughs> it was just over Man. with. That's crazy. That's insane. All right. Um, next question. Uh, this is from they call him Tow Truck. I don't know. Wait, oh yeah, yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan Dennis. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you perceive this new role that you're entering the season? What are the goals for the season, Mister Swinson? Man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, coming into this uh, new season, we all know that, uh, you know, K2 is going to be going to the draft, so it can't be no drop-off. You know, he's a dominant player. He was uh, – everything he did was dominant. So, you know, coming into next season, they're going to they're gonna have a high expectation just for – just just because that's like it's, – it's him. So, it's like they don't want no drop-off from it. So, it's the – so. Damn, you cut out again, my boy. You hear me now? Yeah, yeah, you're good. All right. So, like, my goal is, like, to get to 250, 255, you know, uh, get up there and get my weight up so, you know, I don't get his held that much so I can get stopped as much. So, uh, but really, uh, perceiving this new role, I just got to step up, really, uh, as a whole as a whole group we have to. But really, I'm just looking to open up my game more, get become a better pass rusher, become a better – just a better edge rushers, rusher that I can be, really. And uh, as this new role, I'm stepping up, you know, and not, not no role is handed out. So, you know, I'm going to go in here and work because I don't even know my role now. But, you know, I'm going to come in here and work to get that number one role. So, and that's all that matters. So, coming in, you just got to have high expectations. Yeah, that's fact. Um, also, playing with Kayvon, you know, Kayvon possibly a, a future first pick of the draft. How, how was it being, being teammates with him, playing with him? Oh, uh, it was great being team. Was you? Uh, he was a good. He was a dude that you just that you were just gonna learn a lot from. Like consistently teaching you, just trying to find ways to uh, help you help your game out. And uh, any little thing that he can help you with, even if it's in film or just in general, just talking to you, he just gonna make sure that you're on the right path. And he's just he's just gonna like just try to spread some type of knowledge on you, some type of wisdom. All right. Um, this next question is actually from Brandon Doyles, the guy we were just talking about. Um, can you give me latest thoughts on the departure of his second outside linebacker coach? How do you feel about this new staff coming in? You know, you kind of answered some of this. Oh, well, you know, uh, uh, it's about to be three years, but it's been two years, two different coaches, you know, starting with Avalos. You know, Avalos is a great coach. Coach Judah was a great coach. And, uh, you know, I just learned that being at Oregon, that you're at a premier school and they're like, you're going to have the top jobs. At, at these at, at places like Oregon. So it's like, yeah, you can have a relationship with coaches, but you can't be surprised if something opens up, if somebody wants your coaches because it's Oregon. So it's like everybody's going to want something from Oregon because they see that if we're making some type of strides to be great in some type of aspect, they're going to want them. So I just know it's all a business. But, I, uh, but you know, looking forward to this new coaching staff coming in. We're just uh, looking to open up to show something new, you know. Just uh, we all gonna be ready to work. That's that's really all what it's gotta be about. Everybody being ready to work and just being 
fully committed to what new to what all our new coaches are telling us to do and everything. All right. Um, I got w- one last question before we end this off. I think this is from your mom, uh, Kelly Swinson. <laughs> 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 Who's your favorite musical artist? How does the so, music slash lyrics impact your mental focus and physical drive? So I got like three different artists that I use. So like after a win, after a win, like I'm in a good mood. So I want to listen to a good vibe. But you know, not many people listen to a his name like Pierre Bourne. He really a producer, producer. Yeah, like he he just he like he just like he just made like music that just brings up your mood and everything. So after a win, that's all I want to hear. But like I'll say like during the like like trying to lock in before a game, I'll be like J Cole, like Yachty, because like their lyrics, like they always talking about like how they came from like being underdogs and everything, and now they're at the top and they're just gonna keep working. They don't matter, and like nobody can stop them. So it's like for them, it's like yeah, it's a no brainer for me. Damn. All right, um, Eddie, you got any more questions? Um, I'm good. Really appreciate it, dude. Of course, man. All right, Blaine, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, really man. appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. All right. Love y'all, boys, and peace. Peace out. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the sixth episode of the Quackcast. I'm here with my co-host, Eddie. Yo. And I'm proud to announce the newest member of the Quackcast. We got Glam. Say what's up. Hey, how we doing, everybody? Thank you so much for having me, boys. I'm happy to be here. Yes, so I'm proud to have you on. And um, yeah, we got lots of talk about this episode. Um, lots of football, basketball, lots of lots of news. So um, let's get straight into it. First up, we got Stephen Jones returning in 2022. Just found that out on last Sunday, I think. Um, how you feeling about that, Eddie? Um, good. Uh, I believe he got hurt um, towards the end a little bit. Uh, he's definitely a big impact on our team. Looking forward to seeing what he can bring towards the team next year, of course. You know, we have Bennett Williams returning as well. We have a lot of key pieces in our secondary returning, so I, I just think he's going to add even more depth to our uh, to our secondary. It's going to be good. Yeah, I think we have, what, four out of the five? Offensive line starters returning back, right? Five out of the six, I think. Oh, five out of six, my bad. Yeah. Um, Glam, you got anything else to add? I mean, it's. I mean, what is there to say besides that's amazing, right? I mean, that's the dream for sure. Definitely reminds me of you know a couple seasons ago when Herbert came back for his senior year, and we had all seniors in that offensive line except for Penay Sewell, who of course you know went on to be the best out of all of them. Um, it's it's a great great sign, you know. Hundred yeah. percent. Facts. Um, we also have Brandon Doyleus on the defensive line, returning back. Um, I remember he had that clip where uh, he was being interviewed, and I think he said he was going to the draft, and then like immediately changed his mind. Like yeah, he was joking, yeah. but uh, yeah. Um, next up, we got the new defensive line coach Tosh Lapoy, Jacksonville Jaguars coach. Defensive uh, coordinator. Oh, yeah. Defense Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Oh, yeah, wait. He was the Jacksonville Jaguars defensive line coach. We're hiring him as the defensive coordinator. Yeah. How do you guys feel about that? Um, It's not official yet, by the way. But um, definitely definitely good to get a lot of NFL experience. We have our um, offensive line coach. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, 
yeah, I like to see how much NFL experience we're bringing to the team. I think it's it's definitely going to help in the long term, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I totally agree there. I think a lot of Ducks fans uh, had this when it really when it really came through that yeah we're gonna have to clean house and get a whole new coaching staff. Um, he was you know he was a defensive coach at Alabama. It doesn't get too much better than that. And combine that with you know obviously the head coach Lanning. He's gonna be he's gonna be helping out on defense. You know he's defensive coordinator at Georgia right now. That's going to be a scary sight for Pac-12 offenses. That's what I'm seeing. Yep. Yeah, I like uh, LaPoy's experience. He was five seasons on Nick Saban's staff. He was the D coordinator for one year. Um, while at Alabama, he had Lanning as a graduate assistant, which is actually a little fun fact. There you go. Um, LaPoy has also been the defensive line coach at Cal and Washington, so a little Pac-12 experience in there too. Um Really hype for that for that high. I think it's a good high. Um, just realized I haven't even went over the bas- the basketball game or the football game. Should I do that right now, Eddie? What do you um, think? I mean, you could talk about other things, I guess. If there's other things to talk about. Okay. I don't know. If um, we have we're bringing back um the Hawaii offensive line coach Alik Terry. He we had him, um, I think, as a graduate assistant, and we just hired him back on. He went to Hawaii for, like, one season, and now he's back. Uh, I don't think it's anything too huge. You got anything to add, Glam Lady? Um, I, Eddie, I you got anything know. first? Uh, I don't exactly know. Um, that's on you. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I got too much to say about that one. I was definitely hyped to me. The bigger hire to me was – Demetrius Martin, you know, he's coming in from Colorado, you know, some more Pac-12 switching up, you know, if you will. And I think y'all boys know what I'm going to go next with this. Obviously, his his son, Cole Martin, four-star cornerback, is now committed to the Ducks. I mean, that's a two-for-one right there. It doesn't get better than that to me. Yeah, facts. Did we um, cover Demetrius Martin last episode, Eddie? Um, No. I don't think we have, yeah. No, we um, We just hired the Colorado cornerbacks coach, Demetrius Martin. I don't know if I said that or not. But, um, yeah, Demetrius Martin, yep. Got him, got him on the staff. Um, he's 48 years old, spent the past two seasons at Colorado. Before that, he was at Arizona. Um, spent seven years at UCLA and played at Washington. So, lots of Pac-12 experience. Wow. And we just got his son. I think he's a four star, four star cornerback. Yeah, yeah, he's a four star cornerback. So, um, yeah, got a new coach and a new recruit. So, I think that's pretty cool. You got anything else to add, Eddie? Um, nothing else uh, other than the fact that it's definitely big. I know a lot of players on Twitter, like <clears throat> a lot of the twenty twenty three player, uh, the twenty twenty three uh, recruits are commenting on the hire. I see um, a lot of the recruits like the hire so i guess that kind of um is a pretty easy decision i like the hire as well yeah uh glam you got anything i mean i think eddie you said it right there that speaks for itself you know we want we want to we want the program to be exciting you know with chris ball gone you know i think a lot of people worried that we would still be able to draw people and as you can see in these past couple weeks it's been no problem thanks to these really good hires 
uh, definitely going back to that Arizona, you know, we've got a lot, we've in recent years, we've gotten some good success, some good recruits from Arizona. So it's definitely good to see that on the recruiting side of that. But yeah. 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 Good. Um, what about this Adrian Clem? I think we talked about him last episode, right, Eddie? Um, I think we had. I, I, I think we, this is on, all the way on, back on the twenty second. No. Wait, when did he get hired? The twenty second. I think we did. I yeah, think I, th- I think I think we chill on that. It was a Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line coach. Um, lots of experience. Yeah, we did. Not. I mean, Steelers' offensive line isn't the best right now, but um, it's not college. Really college is a whole new game, most definitely. And I think a lot of like you know, you're you play the cards you're given. You know, there aren't. That's kind of an old line out there in Pittsburgh, or you know, they're they're dealing with some new pieces now, trying to fill that gaps. He's gonna have no problems with the offensive line. He's coming back to Eugene for you know exactly exactly. Um. Next up, we got the new strength and conditioning coach, Wilson Love from Ole Miss. Uh, I think we just found out today that Coach Feld is officially leaving <sighs> for Miami. Um, an absolute how do you shame. Feel about that? Just an absolute shame, honestly. I mean, he was such – He, I mean, first of all, the mustache. Where I mean, we got to start there, right? It's signature. He, I mean, signature. he was a whole culture. He was a whole thing, you know, to itself, and he was so hype on the sidelines. You know, if you're ever at Autzen – He's jumping more. He's jumping higher than the players are jumping during shout, you know. So obviously that really hurts to see uh, Feld go. But I think it's a very good replacement, you know, uh, coming out of Ole Miss. A lot of people wanted Lake yeah, Kiffin, you know, get someone get someone off his staff. Ain't so bad. And we got we got great great facilities at Oregon. That's you know any just like the offensive line that Clem is coming to, you know any strength and conditioning coach is lucky to come to Oregon. Facts. Eddie, you got anything to add on to that? Um, not really. I mean, Ben pretty much said everything there is to say, but, I mean, it's a tough loss, right? I mean, he's been with Oregon for a while now. Um, he, I felt like he was just a signature, really. When you saw him, you thought about Oregon. That's the toughest part of the loss. But, um, you know, we'll move on. We'll figure out. It's not the worst loss. I mean, it is a strength and conditioning coach, so I'm not uh, losing sleep over it, but it definitely does exactly. suck to not have him on the staff. Yeah. Um, Feld, he definitely brought, brought us a tradition, um, brought us a lot of culture, uh, filled the sleeves, all that all that stuff. <laughs> he was, seemed like a really cool guy. But um, I think the elephant in the room that we all need to acknowledge is our team was so injured this year. And yeah. the first guy that comes to blame, at least in my opinion, is a strength and conditioning coach, which happens to be Coach Feld. I disagree. But, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't, it's not his – he's he's doing the strength and conditioning. He's not doing the recovery or the injury prevention. But, I mean, I could see how that kind of relates, like, um, on social media people think that. But – um. I don't think that's the reason for players getting injured, to be honest with you. I, I saw something – I saw somewhere on Twitter uh, some of these said that, but um, I don't think that's entirely accurate. Yeah, it's I mean, it's like I see where you're coming from. It's just, you know, sometimes we get bit with the injury bug. You know, there's really only so much to do about that, you know, and it can – sometimes it can fall on a player individually, you know. It's just so hard to say from the outside looking in about that type of thing. 
Yeah, I'm not I'm not the type to assume, but um yeah, I don't I don't know about those injuries, man. We, no, but we, we it like definitely the, killed us. Injured teams in college football. Yeah, it killed us for sure. It was bad. Um okay. Next up on the highs we have the New Mexico quarterback coach Drew Mellinger. I don't know how you say that. But um we got him as the new tight ends coach. Um, served as co-offensive coordinator, the receivers coach at FAU in 2020. He was receivers coach, passing game coordinator at Texas for two years. Um, over there, he was named as the national recruiter of the year. So that's something big. Wow. Um, and yeah, he, he has a lot of experience, age 34, so he's young. And, uh, yeah, you guys got anything to add on this? I actually do. Yeah, I nope. did. I did see that he won Recruiter of the Year when he was at Texas, but I also actually saw some stuff that said that the wide receiver room at Texas almost started a mutiny against him. I don't know if you guys saw anything about that. I, I didn't. I saw it on the uh, college football Reddit. Basically, people were saying that the wide receiver room that he was in charge of at Texas hated him so much that they were about to not play for him, basically like do a mutiny. Wow. The Washington? Uh, Texas. No, Texas. No, the... <laughs> the guy we just hired as a new tight end coach, Meringer. Oh. Drew Meringer, yeah. I have not heard that. that yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty crazy. If if that's true, obviously, that's not lovely to hear, but recruiter of the year, that definitely helps, especially after losing Mario. He was such a great recruiter, Cristobal, but... um. Yeah, so interesting to see there. We'll see how that goes. You know, our wide receivers uh, room had enough drama this year, as I'm sure you guys were keeping up with. Yeah. I, our tight ends are young right now, but we have a lot of talent. Um, I think we give them a good good coach, and uh, they can be pretty solid. This guy has lots of experience. He's been a graduate assistant at Iowa State, Ohio State. He's been Houston, James Madison, Rutgers, all these different schools. So um, I, I like that hire. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, sorry. sorry. Uh, no, you can go. You can go there. I, I would just, I mean, just before you go, Eddie, I would just say, no matter what, I need to see more tight end involvement next year in the offense. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Eddie, you got anything? Uh, nope. All right. Well, um, next thing up on the plate is the Oklahoma Oregon football game, Alamo Bowl. But um, bef- uh, you guys want to go into that right now? Hey, I'd be happy if we could skip that game altogether. I mean, <laughs> there's not too much. I mean, obviously we can find our bright spots for sure, but just a tough way to end the season. Yeah, yeah. I, let's I'm a, let's keep going with these coaching coaching highs, right? Or should we go in the game right now? What do you think, Eddie? Let's, um, what else do we have to talk about in the coaching hire? We got Joe Lloyd. We have. Uh, Carlos Lachlan and Junior Adams. So three new, three other guys. All right, yeah, let's go do that first. All right, so um, just hired the Penn State special teams coordinator. I think we just made it official today or yesterday. Yeah. Um, Joe Lorig from Penn State. Um, yeah, I mean, this guy's been uh. He served as special teams coordinator and outside linebackers at Memphis, and that's where he met Lanning. 
Um, been at Penn State, Idaho State. He played cornerback at Western Oregon University. And yeah, you got anything to add on this, guys? Um, nope, not really. Yeah, I don't know too much about the uh, the special teams coordinators to be to be <laughs> blunt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he's a Oregon. He's he's a PNW native. He's from he's from Washington. So, um, yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we have the Western Kentucky running backs coach Carlos Lachlan being hired at Oregon under the same role. Uh. Yeah, he's worked at Florida State, Memphis. Memphis was with um, current offensive coordinator now, Kenny Dillingham. And, yeah, you guys, any, guys got anything to add? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like I don't know too much about the hire, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know, like, too much on detail, like, what are, what his um, accolades are, other things like that, but um, – it seems like a pretty solid hire. I just don't know too much on it yet. Yeah, and also to go with that, since uh, he's a running back coach, an old running back coach, uh, Jim Jim Mastro, Jim Mastro, I don't know how you say it, um, just confirmed that he's not going to Miami or taking any on-field coaching job this year. Said he's remaining on the West Coast because of family health issues. So I'm a, I'm a little – I'm kind of confused. All of our coaching staff is gone. Is that just because we didn't want to try and keep any of them, or was that purely their decision? I don't know. I think I have no clue. I think we just wanted to restart, to be honest with you. Honestly, I mean, we had Ken Wilson become the head coach at uh, Nevada, Cristobal go to Miami. Some people left with them, but for the most part, I mean, people just – I don't know why they left, honestly. Glam, you know? Yeah, I think you guys pretty much said it. You know, it was a combination. Obviously, a lot went to uh, Miami. Um, you know, some of our best guys, you know, like Mirabal and stuff like that. You know, we were talking about Feld a little earlier. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, you got guys like um, Moorhead. You know, he got a pay, pay raise, you know. He's now the head coach, you know. It turns out we had some good pieces in our team. You know, basically, everyone got a uh, – promotion and whether that's because you know those offers are always there and they just declined them when they were all together with crystal ball and you know this is the year that it all broke apart so they were able to take those offers or they did so well this past season you know that's impossible to say but yeah just it's weird i you know i think a lot of people were thinking maybe we keep um mcclendon bmac you know around after he did the interim head coaching thing but he did not leave too good a taste in our mouths with that game, for sure. Yeah, it it kind of reminds me back to the the letter that Joey Harrington and all of them wrote, how they didn't want Oregon to be like a stepping stool for um for ma- most coaches just to come to Oregon, you know, do a couple years and then bounce for a, um, a different higher, I mean, a different school. I just, I don't know. I think I think a lot of coaches are, are really just doing that and just. Using us as a stepping stool sometimes, and it kind of sucks. But I hope I Landon know. doesn't do it. But yeah, I, I hope. I definitely get the vibe that he would. I mean, if he gets a good offer, I mean, I don't know. In five years, if he gets an offer from Georgia, like, is he really gonna decline it? You know, I mean, I think 
it's very tough to say, but do we – I mean, who's the longest tenured head coach we've had? Do college head coaches in this day and age really last longer than five years? I mean, I say probably not anywhere, and even the best of situations. USC, Texas, or like Alabama, probably not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Saban, end of list, basically. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see how that goes. Um, I think we also just talked about this. We just talked about this a little recently. Cole Munich um, commits to Oregon, the son of Demetrius Munitan. Four-star cornerback, class of 2023. Um, I like that pickup. You know, we got him and his dad. I think that's pretty cool. That's huge, definitely. And, uh, you know, Dillingham, I think he's honestly been doing great work as a recruiter yeah, along with yeah. Landing. He's got yeah, that yeah. Arizona connection, and we're only just starting to see it. I mean, he tweeted about Cole Martin. He said, AZ to UG number one. You know, that means we got plenty more to hopefully look out for. Oh yeah, more on the Dillingham situation. He's 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 been very active on the trail, like very active. You could just tell he is nonstop working. He's very active on social media with it as well. He's very verbal about it. Um, I love to see that just from like a very newly uh, hired head coach. I think it's great. I I totally agree with that. It's been great, like literally just following him. You know, he's retweeting all the stuff that we we are. Yeah. You know, he's liking all the stuff and reacting the way we are. And I mean, that's great to see. Um. You know, how much is him? You know, he's definitely been putting in work. You know, Lanning, I'm sure he's had some uh, impact as well, even though he just went and put out a masterpiece of a defensive performance, you know, in the semifinal against Michigan. You know, it's been it's been great work for sure from the from the coaches that we got. Yeah, facts. Um, next up, we got a new wide receivers coach. So this kind of – Kind of signals that BMAC might be leaving. Um, he's already taking... gone. Oh, never mind. Um, well, I mean, it's obvious he's gone. I, I think he's gone already. I, I think I did see it. That yeah, is official. Yeah, it's official? Gone. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah. Just got Washington wide receivers coach Junior Adams. Um, what schools has he been at? He played at Oregon State and Montana State. He's coached at Western Kentucky, Boise State, Eastern Washington, and obviously Washington. How do you guys feel about this? Um, I like it. I feel like, I mean, he's a West Coast guy, obviously. I, I don't know how much. I don't know if it's a good hire or a bad hire right now. I mean, has has Washington really had good wide receivers in the past like year or so? Um, what I did see on Twitter is that um, I believe he um helped put Cooper Cup in the NFL, which is definitely yeah, very, something I saw that too. Yeah, it's definitely good to see. But um, I don't know how much he's like specifically done to Washington's program. But I mean, this early, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, just like you guys were saying, you know, he coached Cooper Cup in college. You know, that's a great sign, especially with the amazing season Cup is having. Um, I'm not sure exactly the years he was at Washington. Just off the top of my head, you know, they had John Ross. He was a beast in uh, college. I don't know if he was still, if he was the wide receiver coach at that time. But, um, 
yeah, I, I don't know too much outside. You know, that little Cooper Cup, fun fact, we'll see we'll see how it goes. And we can definitely use some more love in the wide receiver area for sure. Exactly. Um, little fun fact, he was retained under the new UW coach, also the former Fresno State head coach, but decided to leave and join us. That is a so very cool. fun fact. Um, Let's go next up. Let's get it. Let's get into um. Let's get into this Ohio- Oklahoma Oklahoma game, Alamo Bowl. Um, it was the number fourteen and number sixteen team going against each other in San Antonio, I believe. Yeah, and we lost forty-seven to thirty-two. Ended the season off ten and four, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a rough one. You guys want to start talking about this? Um, well, like you said, it was rough. Um, it felt like nothing was really going like to plan. I don't. It it was kind of weird because there was only one total turnover the whole game, and it was that interception. But I mean, other than that interception, Anthony Brown played amazing. Like I mean, Anthony Brown did play very well. Like, I'm not yeah. going to sit here and say that his whole season was excellent because it wasn't, but he did play good. I mean, I, I'm not going to take it away from him, right? I mean, he had what? Yeah, he had 300 yards passing and 20 yards rushing. Um, other than that one turnover, he was creating stuff for our um, offense. But in the end of the day, it just came down to them being better on offense. They still had Caleb Williams. They still had um, that. I forget his name, but he was shredding us all night, the running back. Yeah, um, something Brooks or something. I think so. Let me check. They had like two, dude, they they had like 300 rushing yards. It was pretty insane. There's nothing we really could have done. Our def- I don't want to blame our defense because our defense, they're so young, right? They're so talented. They're so – they have so much talent. They have so much upside, but – it's not entirely their fault. The whole first half was just rough. We couldn't stay on the field. Um, that, that's the end of the story on this game. It was just not great. Yeah. Um, I want to also say that offense didn't get hot until the second half. And mm-hmm. it was already – what was the score at halftime? It was down like – I think it was like 20 to set, 30 to set, – we had seven, I think, or six. I don't know. It was something weird. At halftime, it was th- – Oh my goodness! Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and we fought. We just it was our offense was good the second half. It was just too late because um, we're exchanging touchdown for touchdown, and you you just can't do that when you're down by twenty seven in the first half. You gotta if you're gonna score touchdowns, you need that defense to get some turnovers or something. But you can't exchange touchdowns. It's too late. Too late for all that. A hundred percent. You said it there, and I think. What we started to see in the second half, you know, starting going for that long ball, you know, with exactly. Troy Franklin, you know, Chris Hudson, Dante Thornton, they all got some long passes for touchdowns. And I think a lot of us were expecting to see that as just the game plan from the start of the game, you know, mm-hmm. with we thought, you know, wide receiver coach is going to be our interim. We got all these guys, you know, Micah Pittman transferred because he wasn't getting the, you know, they weren't throwing the ball enough. He's been complaining about it. Let's see. Let's see us throw the ball. And we really only started doing that in the second half. And just for why, you know? 
Exactly. Why now, right? Like, why are we throwing the ball now? We're down 20. Why are we? Like, why? It almost felt like mean to Oregon fans. Like, oh, now we're gonna show you what we could have done. Like, we couldn't even win the bowl game first. Like, we gotta, we gotta just go and do a little exhibition run. You know, in the third and fourth quarter, that ain't. You know, that's not good enough. And I think it really shows all all the Anthony Brown haters that Anthony Brown can really throw a deep ball because um, everyone was complaining, like, they're not calling it because he can't make the throw. He doesn't have the arm strength. It's like stuff like that. And this game, this second half, we saw him throw the deep ball multiple times, and they were great passes. And it just shows, like, if we were calling these plays in the regular season – I feel like he would have became like way more consistent with his deep ball, and we could have been a really dangerous passing team. We could have had a, just like a really good offense. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, kind of like you said, Anthony Brown does not have a bad deep ball to all people. Um, I think it's more of the system used, and I think the coaches didn't trust him, which I don't entirely blame him for. I think. Kind of like you were saying, Anthony Brown does have a good arm. He's not always the most consistent because sometimes he does make some bad decisions. But um, I don't entirely blame him on the uh, uh, yeah, throwing I, in general. I totally agree there. I mean, it, the decision-making was always the problem with Anthony Brown. It was never – people were never doubting that um, that arm strength, you know. And you could see it in, you know, when he got – when that long ball in Oregon State came to Devin Williams, you know. We we know that he can throw it, and it just feels some. It feels like something's up, you know, because like people in Justin Herbert's senior year said, everyone you know nowadays complains, oh, how is he so good in the NFL? But like his stats aren't that crazy in college, and you know people blame Arroyo, the offensive coordinator, then for that. You know they weren't airing it out, and now we're gonna blame Moorhead or Cristobal now for not airing it out and. I just really hope that we're entering a new era. I hope Dillingham, you know, he's a quarterback coach, offense coordinator. I think I think that's the answer that we've really been looking for, for not just the Anthony Brown era, but just the past years in general. Yeah, agree. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, think, I think definitely, like, if we want to be a nationally good football team, we have to have a good balance between passing and running the ball. We can't just run it all the time if we want to win championships. We have to be able to pass it as well. And I hope we get that with Dan Lanning. I hope we get some passing in there. And, yeah, I, uh, I think that's a great point, honestly. You know, we've been, I feel like that also can be to blame, you know, like under Chris Ball with the offensive line, like emphasized, it's been great. But we've just been so like trenches, trenches built and like run the ball or and then there's no other options, you know. Exactly. You, you can't be one-dimensional, especially if you want to exactly. win championships, which is what we want to do. So Exactly. You said it. Yeah. Um, all right. Now we got the Oregon men's basketball team just beat uh, Utah 79-66. This was a pretty fun game, honestly. Will Richardson puts up a clear high of 26 points, shooting 9 for 12. Five rebounds and three assists. We had Jacob Young also with a really impressive game. 22 points, shooting nine for 16. Two rebounds, four assists. And uh, last but not least, we got the GOAT, Devion Harmon. 11 points, mm-hmm. five rebounds and two assists. <laughs> shooting five for 11. 
Let's get let's get you guys' thoughts. How are you feeling? Um, I didn't get to watch the game, but I saw a little bit of the highlights. Will Richardson, uh, Pac-12 Player of the Week, by the way, or offense player. I don't remember. I don't. I think he's just Player of the Week. But um, he's definitely been stepping up. We need him to play like this, and we will win games. I'm, we've been looking for the guy to step up and be the scorer of the team, right? And I, we, we're seeing that now from Will Richardson. It's, it's great to see. It's a great sight to see. It really is because that's that's the key piece we've been missing. Every single uh, uh every single loss is just we don't have the firepower that we need. Um, another thing, right? I see we have more assists. That's that that helps a lot. Uh, the first half we we're getting out rebounded. We we're just getting out hustled. Um, the second half we turned it around and fixed pretty much all of our mistakes. Max, you got anything to them? Yeah, definitely. I mean, to me, you know. This was this was definitely a good win. Definitely a great second half, especially from Will. You know who we've been needing to be that guy. I'm still just really not convinced that this team is uh, is really able to compete in the Pac-12 right now. I mean, yeah, I Will Will had three points in the first. You know, and like obviously he had a great second half, but we can't rely on him to do that every night. Um, you know, a bit like I think that this game kind of our strengths we could really see them you know we're great on the fast break especially jacob young you know he can he's really quick you know dante can get down the court quick enough you know i think we're great in that but you know when we get stuck in a in a half court setting it's really tough it can just kind of end up like oh will's gonna throw it up or he's gonna do a little move or something you know yeah facts um so to me you know good win but we are not ready for the likes of usc and ucla and I'm not ready to hit the panic button, you know, because of course Altman's token worse to the, you know, March Madness and further, but definitely got some work to do. Right. Uh, Eddie, could you find the starting five to that game? I don't think Eric Williams started that game. I just noticed that. Yeah, I was actually looking yeah. for that myself. Um, um, definitely. Like, I think we just need to establish a starting five. That's that's what we really need. We need a like an actual starting five, so these people can. They can build some chemistry and get comfortable playing with each other, really, because we're switching these lineups every single game. And I don't blame Dana because, like, a lot of these guys are interchangeable at times. Um, we have, like, Jacob Young, Will, Devion, all lefty guards. So, yeah. I yeah, know. no, I, I think that's weird, especially because – in my opinion, Eric Williams has been really the the one constant in this team all year. You know, Will has had some exactly. really bad nights. He had a really bad stretch um, when we were away, kind of early season, and um, you know, to see him getting twenty two minutes but off the bench and only shooting one field goal. You know, he had a goose egg against Utah. I mean, that is not going to fly at all. You know, I know he has a big impact. You know, off the ball, of course, he kind of does things that you won't see on the stats every time, but. Yeah, that was definitely a head scratcher to me when I saw. I was like, "Did he really not start?" Yeah. Yeah, would uh, I don't know. You know, I always got faith in Dana, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Hey, he's um, he's definitely earned it. He's definitely earned it. So you know, until until we come up short, you know, we'll we'll keep having faith. You know, that we definitely got the pieces, we got the talent. You know, I don't think anyone doubts that we can still do some damage. 
Hopefully, hopefully. It all matters when, when lunch comes around. You said it. You said it. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Yeah, along with that, like Eddie said, Will Richardson named Pac-12 Player of the Week. Dropping a clear high of 26 points. I already said that, but yeah, I think that was um, that was a good one. It was a good one. Um, next up we have Dior Johnson. Well, you guys also here? What? Glenn, you there? I think Glenn cut out. Just all right. But yeah, we got Dior Johnson. Um, five star point guard commit class of twenty twenty two. Um, I was just recently transferred to Southern California Academy. Um, just won the John Wall Holiday Invitational, averaged 17 points and 9 rebounds per game in the tournament, and in the championship had 18 points and 17 rebounds. So, uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really hyped to have Dior in this, uh, program in a couple of years. Uh, actually, next year. And, uh, yeah, you got anything to say about that, Eddie? Um, nothing much. I'm just very excited to see our new recruits come up and play for us. It's gonna be, it's gonna be an interesting year next year, for sure. Yeah, I was just watching this thing on Dior, and uh, it was saying like, whatever school he goes to, he's always gonna be a leader. He's always gonna um lead his team to wins, and I think we need that. You know, someone that can just come in and lead us, especially now with this team. We don't really have someone like him. We don't have someone to like lead our team. And hopefully we can we can find that with with Dior. Next up, we got the women's basketball team beating Carroll College, eighty eight to fifty seven. This school was a the NIA. We just scheduled them because our game against someone got postponed. I don't remember who. But they got postponed, so scheduled this. Beat them by 30. The NAIA school, nothing crazy. And, uh, yeah, I don't think you got anything to add, Eddie, or no? Uh, nothing much. Just got to keep winning. Um, and, yeah, I think that's that's all the basketball we had for this week. Today's game against Colorado just got postponed because we have COVID, so – Hopefully those players can get well soon, and um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think we have COVID. They do. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, all right. My bad. Um, but yeah. Uh, what else do we have? I oh think... yeah, Gabby Ashford just entered the transfer Yeah, title. it's not, not official. official yeah, exactly. But um, okay. yeah, he's been in the system. How? What is he? A sophomore now? Two years. I think he's been two years. He that? Wait, hold up, hold up. No, he's, he's been, been longer than Ty Thompson. I think he, this is his, this would be his second or third year, I believe. I think this would be his third year. Um, yeah, uh-huh. he's a sophomore, so that would be third year. Yep. Yeah, I'll be actually leaving. Um, I mean, honestly, pretty expected. Eddie, it's... you got anything to add? I mean. We knew somebody was going to leave. Maybe a couple of people. I thought Butterfield was going to leave. Um, Ashford surprises me maybe a little bit, I guess. I thought he was very involved with um, Oregon, but I, I felt he, like he was 
you know, he's on the baseball team. He's got a lot of connections. Um, you know, I know a lot of people see his mom on Twitter. Um, very confident in the Ducks' capability of um, being a good team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was expected we were going to lose a QB or two with the new transfer coming in. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, Ashwood was was a dual threat, just like Anthony Brown. He was him and Anthony Brown were actually pretty good friends. He always supported Anthony Brown, which I respect him for that. Um, and apparently, he was the number fifteen quarterback in his class of twenty twenty. It's gonna it's gonna suck to have him leave, but um, I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, I honestly think. He would have had that QB two spot at least this year, behind um, Anthony Brown. A lot of people think it's Ty Thompson, but I I think it was Ashford. What about you, Eddie? It was not Ashford this year. Yeah. No, it was not Ashford. Ashford was like QB number four. He didn't even have his jersey on half the games. True. He didn't even have his pads and stuff on. And when Ty Thompson came out one time uh, for a couple of snaps, Butterfield got the snaps. So I don't even think he was QB3. But, yeah. I just remember his mom saying that uh, Stanford game, if yeah, that one head was healthy, he was supposed to play. So yeah, I don't know. Not, that's not I true, mean, though. <laughs> I don't know. I liked what I saw from Ashford in the spring game and all that stuff. I really thought. And my I know, opinion, I saw him should have been the backup. Like, I thought he right should have been the true backup. Lots of people say Ty Thompson, but I I was I liked Robbie Ashley, man. I like that guy. He even dropped he dropped baseball at one point too, just to focus on football. But now he's gone. Yep. So yeah. Um let's see, what else do we have? Justin Herbert just Tallied up 237 yards, two touchdowns, and no turnovers against the Denver Broncos. They beat them 34-13. This gives um, the Chargers, keeps their playoff hopes alive. I think they go and play the Raiders next week. So both yeah, of them play the Raiders next week, got some, weekend, so. some playoff, Very playoff hopes in the last week of the regular season. Well, oh, I even forgot. Justin Herbert set the franchise record. For the most pass touchdowns in the season, which is uh, was thirty four by Philip Rivers, now it's thirty five. And yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Justin Herbert just absolutely going off in the NFL. What do you think, Eddie? Um, I agree with you. Yeah, he's doing great in the NFL. Still a sophomore QB in the league, so um, definitely looking forward to seeing him play. Hopefully, in the playoffs this year. Hopefully, great. Um, uh, oh, I know exactly what I'm missing. We got all the questions from my story. Oh, that's right. We can't, oh, we're not forgetting to do them this time. No, I gotta, no, yep, no. yep, yep, yep. I gotta pull it up now. Yeah, can we you got... send them to me? No, I got, I got them right now. I got them right now. Okay, yeah, you'll just ask them. You go okay. ahead and ask them. Um, you can read their name off if you want. Up to you. Okay. Yeah. So, I think this is something we're gonna start doing more often on the podcast. Is at the end of the episode, 
um, we'll answer all you guys' questions. Usually, follow, just follow my Instagram. I'll post something on my story. And you guys can pretty much just ask us whatever you want. And, yeah. All right. First up, Ty or Knicks? That's the first question we got. Ty Thompson or Bo Knicks? Eddie, I want you to go first. Man, this is, um... You know, I'm going to say I hate to be the guy. But I really do want to say there's no real answer right now. Like, if who I would rather have? Ty. You know, I would rather have Ty Thompson because I feel like he has more upside than Bo Nix. But who do I think is going to start? I think Nix is going to start the first game or two. After that, I don't know. But with that being said, I want Ty. I think Nix is going to start. Uh, well, I just said before, if I would want Ashford, but he's gone. So, um, Ty Thompson and Knicks. We have Ty who threw a pick against Colorado. I mean, true freshman. <sighs> man, only five star quarterback. The same with Knicks. Ty Thompson, the bone Knicks, gun to my head. I'm taking Knicks. More experience, got his auto C. Um, especially, just realistically, Bo Nix is going to be the starter against Georgia. Yeah, 100%. He's, he's not coming he's for the last NFL season to College football. not start. Okay, yeah. Um, Bo Nix is – Bo Nix – give me Bo Nix. Give me Bo Nix. Um, okay. Yeah, all right. There's something else I wanted to say about this. No, whatever. All right. How do you expect us to play compared to last year? Is that the second question? Ooh, I got a good answer to that one. You go ahead. Go ahead, Eddie. Go ahead. Um, I feel like people's expectations are just ridiculously high as every single time we get a new coach, everybody's expectations are Just in general. Just in general. Definitely. Your expectations should not be high. I'm going to tell you that right now because you're going to get extremely disappointed next year. We probably aren't going to win more than nine games next year. I've said this many times before. People are expecting to come in and just be this dominant team. But, oh, let's go. I fixed my computer audio. Okay, sorry. Um, But, yeah, like I was saying, this isn't going to be some carousel 11-win playoff team. So people need to get that out of their head. I'm sorry to say that to you. I'm sorry. To say, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I look back at this and say, wow, what an idiot I was. But in reality, we are not going to win more than nine wins next year. That is just the, the – That's it's almost a, a hot, fact. That's a hot take. Hot, very it, hot no, take. it's almost a fact. Extremely hot take. It's almost a fact. It's extremely hot take that I – almost a fact. Disagree with. But, um, yeah, I think just like a lot of Duck fans, man, like – this is one of the youngest coaching staff we've we've had in a while. Um, Lanning, I think, is like they're all uh, offensive coordinator, head coach, and defense coordinator, all in the young in the low thirties, I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have super a young coaching staff. You go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Um. So we have an entirely new coaching staff. Yeah, we have an not only the young, but the whole new staff. We are going to have an entirely new receiving core. We're going to have an entirely new defensive front. Not defensive front. Sorry, defensive secondary. Um, 
It is going to be crazy. It, as, yeah, I said that. It's going to be crazy, okay? I'm telling you right now, we're going to be so young. Even if we go 6-6, six and six, I don't care. I'm looking at everything as a positive next year because it is going to be only up from there, okay? So if, if we win seven games, people are going to freak out. People are going to say, oh, fire landing, fire this, right? People can't freak out because we are so young. We have the youngest coaching staff I think we've ever yeah. even come close to having. Okay. We got. We have to give this some time. We can't. Exactly. We can't I'm have. Sure. We can't have uh, too high of hopes going into this year. Like I said, young coaching staff. It's an entirely new coaching staff, other than Don Johnson, new quarterback. Yeah, and he ain't even new, a coach. You know what I mean? Exactly what you said. Just everything's gonna be new. It's a whole new program, basically. And yeah. not only that, but Dan Lanning's not even with the team right now. He's still with Georgia in the college football playoff. So we're getting a Dan Lanning coming back late. And, yeah, he's the head coach. Like, I don't even know. Next question we got. With this new staff, could you see Oregon producing more first-round picks? Um... No. I no and yes, to be honest. We have put out so many first round picks. People don't understand. We've had a top ten pick in the past three years when Thibodeau goes whatever top ten, right? <laughs> I believe. Right. Hold up, let me think. I'm correct, right? Who was hold up, I'm trying to think. Yeah, we've had a top ten pick in the past three years. You can't get any better than that. That is so difficult. It, it, I mean, it is insanely difficult. We have put out numerous players in the NFL. Um, with that being said, can our staff do better? Maybe. I mean, that's definitely a three-dimensional question. It's very difficult to answer. Um, but, you know, adding on to that a little bit, I think hopefully we can continue to put talent in the league and just aim to do what we're doing in the current moment and not worry about other years just because those years are so insane. We've, we've put out so many top 10 picks. It's just not necessarily um, going to happen every three years. It's it's not something that you see from even like Clemson, um, yeah. right? Even the best schools, they don't do that. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, can I see us producing more first round picks than we already have been? I mean, like, like uh, you just said, we've already had, you know, Penny Sewell, Justin Herbert, guys like them, who went first round. So I mean, with this new staff, we got we have Clem Lapoy, we we got some NFL talent. The college guys have been to many different colleges, all the new coaches. So we have lots of experience, and like I've said. I don't know if it's a really hot take, but the potential for this program right now is the highest it's ever been. But if we want to see more first-round picks, I think the only way we're going to get that is by making it to the playoff, at least just making it to the playoff. We need that national that, that national attention. And, yeah, and that um, recruiting attention as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think we honestly – winning a natty is, is saying a lot. But just making the playoff, you know, we have Facts. we got the coaches, we got we've already had some first round picks. So if we don't really um, 
make the natty. We're probably just going to either stay at the same or maybe go down a little bit. But the only way I could see us producing more is by us actually going to the natty, possibly winning it, but giving us that national attention. Because not only will that help us with recruiting, but that could help us in so many other areas. Yeah. Kind of like you were saying, in the end of the day, everything in the game of college football stems from recruiting. Everything. It, it all starts at recruiting. You recruit well, you tend to do well. That's just how it works. Um, that, that goes into the draft talk as well, right? You recruit well, you're going to put people in the draft. Um, but yeah, the first thing you got to do is recruit well. That's how college football works. Facts. All right. Um, next question. This person said, who do you think would be a starter? I think they're talking about the, the quarterback situation. We already talked about that. Yep. Um, next up, do you think – I'm not going to say that. Do you think Lanning will get us a natty? Eddie, go for this. Take it away. Man. You know, I'm not going to say he will because nobody knows, right? I think I think he might get his shot, though. I think in five years, seven years down the road, if he sticks it out, he'll get a shot. Um, not in the next two years. I'm not – maybe not in the next two years or three years or four years, but I do think down the road he will get a shot if he sticks with Oregon. It might not be um, – it might not because he might leave. He might leave. He might decide, oh, I'm going to go here instead of stay with Oregon. But if he does stay with Oregon, I think he will have a chance. Um, that's all I'm going to say. I mean, like I've said before, I think – I don't know if it's a hot take or not, but I think the potential for this program is the highest it's ever been in history. The amount, the NFL talent, the college talent, we've had multiple guys with Saban. We've had, we have so much experience on this coaching staff. Um, do I think we'll get it this year? Definitely not. Do I think we'll get it the year after? Nah, probably not again. But like in the, in the year after that, maybe the one after that, those, those next, those three to five years is where I think we definitely have, we'll have a chance when, we have Ty Thompson coming in. Um, you know, maybe if Bo Nix is this great quarterback that everyone says he is, maybe he could take us. But I think it's definitely possible because, like I said, potential is there. The potential is really there. But, um, you know, potential doesn't mean anything. Very if young. Very young, yeah. And But do I think he'll get us a natty? Yes, I I I think he'll get us an Okay, okay. I, I like it. I like the positivity. I think we'll get one. Um, let's see. So this year we'll have Bowen Nix. I think we'll probably – I think we'll beat Georgia, but then we'll do terrible the rest of the season. Um, then we got Ty Thompson as a freshman, so not really. But the year after that, I think could be a year. Ty's second year, I think will be a year. Yeah. Next question. What do we know about the new wide receiver coach? Um, well, we know that he coached Cup at I believe Eastern Washington. 
which by the way, if you guys do remember at the Autzen opener, Cooper Cup went for like 300 yards on us, just absolutely ran us up. We we won in the end, but it was he played amazing. I don't know if he was coaching at that time, but you know, in the end of the day, we don't know too much about him. Um, other than he coached at Washington, he put out, I believe, a couple of guys in the league that are pretty good. Um, I think he can take the wide receivers mm-hmm. to the next level. I hope he does. And, I mean, that's just another one where we're going to have to just wait and see. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, I think we really went over this. Um, Washington coach, like Eddie said, has had experience. He um, coached Cooper Cup, so um, is it an upgrade from BMAC? I don't know. Maybe not. But I only time will tell. To be honest, only time will tell. That's true as well. BMAC was a great recruiter. He was a great guy, just a great wide receiver coach. But, you know, then again, our wide receivers never did great. They never, ever got to shine. So maybe we need to change it up a little bit. We'll see what happens. But I think especially in this bowl game, in the second half, Troy Franklin, Dante Thornton, uh, Isaiah Brevard, all those guys did really well. And I'm only excited. Freshmen, so the sky's the limit for them. Whether we have a, a BMAC or a Junior Adams, the talent is there, and that's the most important thing. So, yeah. Next question. Who is the player that you're most excited about next season? Oh, I like this one. Okay, we got a good question. The player that I'm most excited about, Justin Flo. Just, you know, I'm going to say multiple people. Right? I'm, I'm going to have to say multiple people. I mean, some we got Swenson, we got Doorless, we got so we got Keon. We have a lot of D line players that I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see our defensive line step up next year. Um, I'm but I'm really looking forward to see a couple of guys. Uh, Justin Flo. <clears throat> I'm well. First of all, I want him to stay. I really hope he stays. Um, Joe, thank Jeffrey you, Vasa. I'm very excited to see him next year. I want to know what he is like. He's initially a safety. Um, they're definitely going to uh, move him down to linebacker just because of his size and his strength. He's not quite as fast as a safety. Um, I'm excited to see him, and I'm also excited to see David, uh, Damon David. But in general, I'm just excited to see our whole team next year. Um, I mean, I, I'm excited to see everything next year. We're going to be so young. It's going to be fun. Yeah, you know, if I had to pick one person, um, Flo obviously, CJ Vladella, I really hope you stay. I really hope you do. We could, you're honestly the make or break of this in this offense at times. So, probably it would be CJ Vladell, but if he doesn't stay, it has to be Bo Nix. It has to. Really? You're not excited to see Flo? You're not the most excited to see Flo? I I love Flo, but I've seen him play for us already. I know his I know his talent. I know kind, what he has. Kind of not I'm, really, though. I mean, do I you need, really? You've seen him play one game. Come on. I, I've seen him play one You've game. You've seen him play one game. It was a beautiful game. Um, And I'm 
I'm yes, it was. I'm really excited to watch Bo Nix. Uh, this man, he beat Alabama. He's never lost to Alabama. Oh yeah, actually, has he lost to Alabama? Tech, I don't know. I, I know he's beat him. I know he's beat him. Uh, we have his old offensive coordinator. Um, you know, it's a senior last year in college football before the NFL, uh, wherever he decides to go next. And I think he's going to have, I hope he has a good year. I really hope. I haven't, I don't watch SEC football, so, I mean, I watch some, but, uh, not enough to have a full opinion on Knicks. I just got to say, um, I, I wish him the best and I'm really excited to watch him. Now, Next question. Who's the best back between Sean Dollars, Byron Cardwell, and Seven McGee? Cardwell, I don't even have to let you finish. That's all I'm going to say. Um, elaborate, please. Okay, Byron Cardwell, he's just the best all-purpose running back. Now, don't get, it twi- don't get my words twisted here. Okay, I'm not saying Seven McGee isn't good. I'm not saying Sean Dollars isn't good, all right? Because you got me last time. You were you were clowning me and saying Sean um Seven McGee is better. But in reality, Seven McGee is a receiver. He's playing as a Cow. receiver. Cow. He's being treated as a receiver for a reason. You know that, right? You that was a crystal ball. No, With a little offensive coordinator, give me McGee ten times. No, out of 10. he's not. I'm putting stop. all my money on McGee. Stop. Stop. I love you. You just said. lost all your money, by the way. Go crazy for me. You actually Prove think McGee is the better all-around back? Well, like if we compare the film, Cardwell has the best film out of all these three running backs. Cardwell's yes, done he the knows best. How to play running back the best? He's the but best. We haven't back. played McGee at running back. We so have we can't McGee at running back. We pass it to him. We play him at wide receiver. He's run the ball multiple times on our offense, and he's never. He's as never looked Cardwell? comfortable. He's never looked comfortable. Wait, Mario Cristobal has held this offense back Have you in seen so Cardwell? many ways. Cardwell will literally sit back, read blocks, and uh, run a 50-yard run. I'm in no way, shape, or form saying Cardwell's bad. Cardwell, very, very good. But McGee, I see a lot of potential in this man. And I see lots of talent. He has the speed. He has the... Agility. This guy's going to be really good. I think we just need to give him the ball. And also, I think someone else that should be on the list is Trey Benson. Um, so many running backs, man. Lots of, lots of running backs. But if CJ Riddell and I come back next year. What are we going to do? Uh, like, <laughs> might oh my see goodness. some more people enter the transfer portal. It's almost oh, up. yeah. We'll see a couple. Yeah. But to answer your question, best back between dollars, cut on McGee. Really easy question for me. Give me McGee easily. You're insane. Okay, moving on. No, but actually, Cardwell off of film and what we've seen so far is the best. But I think McGee has the higher potential and will be better. You in know, the long run. it's it's like. But I still think Cardwell is really good. I think McGee like will be. I think Flo McGee will be than... like. I think McGee is the next uh, CJ Riddell. Okay, Obviously, right. they're different builds. You know, but, but, like, um, you need to make this clear. You got to say he has better potential because he ain't the better back right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. This this shouldn't even be a question, honestly. That's the same with the Cardwell. flow school situation you always be talking about. Like, 
He would never have seen Flo play more than one game. So how can you call him better than Sewell? Okay. Well, I think I think both of those questions are easy answers if it's just not if it's just based on what we've seen so far. Obviously, Sewell is better than Flo from what we've seen, and obviously Caldwell is better than Dollars and McGee. Unless you, like most fans, think Dollars' game against USC was some crazy game, which. I, Sean Dollars played a good game, but was it was it as good as everyone was making out to making it out to be? No, not really. At least in my opinion. But yeah, answer your question. McGee high potential, Caldwell better right now. Next question: Do you think we lost the first Utah game because of injuries and that Cristobal gave up? No. Pretty you, simple uh, question. No. Um, well, first of all, I don't think first of all gave up. Second of all, injuries was not why we lost. We literally just couldn't move the ball. That's It's pretty simple for me. No. I mean... I'll say it now. I'll say it like I did before. I'll say it again. Preach, Chris brother. Ball, when they when they showed Cristobal on the TV and they showed his Man, face, no he, way. He just looked what? There's no. He always looks like that. He's always got a straight face on. No. He, when he's losing, he, he's always like that. He's not smiling. He just, he just looked Come like on, bro. He just looked like he wanted out. Uh, he's not. He doesn't. That's when. It, when I say he gave up, no, he coached He coached that game like he coached every game. Um, I mean, at halftime, I don't think he was just, like, sitting there and, like, just completely just crying and giving up. But I think deep down, I think deep down he gave up. But I don't think that's the reason why we lost. But... Yeah, the first Utah game, Utah was just a better team than us. They were they were just a flat out better team than us. They had a great opinion. they have a great defense. I don't take it away from them. Great defense. We they played they played better than us. They had a better team. I don't know about um, that last one, but well, I mean, necessarily they don't have a better team, but I do agree they played they better played than us. way better than us. Yeah. Okay. Um, delete that stupid Gonzaga account. I don't know why someone said that. Thank you. Preach. Um, Thank you. The <laughs> Gonzaga account. Well, I'll be making a podcast for that one soon. But yeah, that's all the questions for that. Um, let's see. I just saw something else on Twitter. Uh, let's see. I think. Oh, New Mexico running back coach and recruiting coordinator Jordan Somerville is leaving for Oregon. He'll be a QB analyst at Oregon under offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham. You see that, Eddie? Check the nope. Twitter in us. Pete Thamel. Look at what we just uh, tweeted. 
Looks like we got ourselves a new uh, QB analyst to the plate, Nate Costa. That's a big pickup. Eddie, you still there? Yeah, I don't understand it, but yeah. All right. Um, I think that's about it. You got anything else to add, Eddie? Nope. Um, we covered so much today. We did good. We covered a lot. Um, one one of the most entertaining in this episode. I apologize for that, but um, uh, we really also... hope that you did enjoy our interview. Um, that's and yeah, we're gonna continue to do more interviews on the podcast we're trying to get them out for you guys sometimes it's hard to get a hold of these guys they're really busy um but yeah we're gonna try and keep pushing these out thank you guys for just really who's ever like watching and showing some support very grateful thank you very much all right i think that about does it you got any hot takes before we go eddie huh i think we covered them all in the questions really great questions by the way I mean, uh, last last thing I want to say before we hop out of this is that um, Feld, I hate to say this, I mean, the tradition and, and energy you brought to this program was amazing. But the injuries, man, the injuries were out of, they were crazy. Like, we had people getting injured left and right. Felt. And every time I see these athletes posting workout videos, 500-pound squat, 500-pound deadlift, 600-pound clean, like, I don't even know, all these crazy, insane weights. And obviously, I know that it's, uh, they're maxing out, so, and they want to show it off, whatever, but... All I'm going to say, Coach Feld, man, I'm not going to – Coach Feld, you you brought some great energy to the program, on, obviously, and um, we're going to miss you for sure. But I don't know what she did, man, with those injuries. And Eddie, you got anything to add on that? Um, it's, he's not entirely to blame, but I'm definitely – not too worried about it. He's a strength and conditioning coach. I'm not losing sleep I'm, over it. I'm not. I'm not going to blame it on him, but I'm very curious. I. I'm very. I agree. Curious. Very curious. All right. Well, uh, no more hot takes for Eddie. Nope. All right. Well, that does it. That about does it. And yeah. All right. Love y'all, boys, and peace. Peace out.